0: You're listening to Doc Talk with your host, that's me, Dr. Adam Nally. Listen and learn as we take complex health topics and make them clear, understandable, and applicable to your life. My desire is that you find the answers to the burning questions that you have. Answers that will get you back on track, improve your health, and let you be who you were meant to be. Whatever your reason, thank you for being here. I'm so glad you're joining me today. Let's get started. All right, so I thought I would start off our uh, podcast today by asking you some egg questions. Since the price of eggs here in Arizona is about ten bucks a box for a a box of or carton of twelve, I thought I would uh, quiz you on your egg IQ since they're so valuable now. Uh, I'll ask you five questions and we'll answer them at the end of the podcast. So uh, write these down. Um, Actually, maybe what I'll do is I'll just have you send me the answers. First person to give me the answers to these questions, um, I'll have you email them to. Questions at DocMuscles.com. First person to send me an email with the correct answers to these, uh, we'll announce it next time, and I'll send you a T-shirt. Uh, one of my uh, Doc Muscles T-shirts. I just, you'll just have to. So do me a favor. Send me your, your answers to your questions, these next five questions, and uh, your shirt size, T-shirt size. And uh, first person to send it to me, I'll send you a free T-shirt. All right. Number one. Without breaking it open, how can you tell if an egg is fresh? Question number two. Which part of the egg is known as the calais? Number three, what is the difference between grade A and double and grade AA eggs? Number four, what's the best way to store an egg in the refrigerator? And number five, for these golden eggs that we're paying 10 bucks a box for, without breaking it open, how can you tell if an egg is cooked? All right, I'm recording this podcast here at my house, and there's eight puppies in the background that you might hear squealing here in a minute. We just had some puppies born a couple days ago. Um, the our our German short pointer, and uh, the mama dog is the uh, a, a mountain cur are, have have a litter of eight, so uh we're looking for a good home for a litter of eight beautiful puppies. Um, all right, today I thought I'd talk a little bit about the pen the notebook and your memory forty three percent of what you and I do every day occurs because of habit, and the brain places a lot of things on autopilot after we've learned to do them to save time and energy. Uh, It takes the average person about 8 to 21 days to create a new habit. And it takes your brainstem about 66 days to make that habit essentially automatic. Um, Do you find yourself having trouble focusing uh, when there are so many things that need to get done? Do you find yourself rather than doing none of them uh, instead of just starting one at a time? For many people, that's a really challenging problem. But the brain is plastic. It's moldable. You can change it. Uh, And what we're going to talk about today is how a very simple technique can literally within about 66 days change the way your brain works and change your effectiveness uh, with your day-to-day tasks. Think for just a minute about uh, the last time you backed your car out of your garage or your driveway. Uh, You probably didn't even think about it twice, uh, but the activity is actually really highly complex. Uh, When you first learned to drive your car and back it out of the garage, you had to put your foot on the brake and and look in the rearview mirror and adjust your mirrors and put it in reverse and then slowly let off the brake and and feather the gas in the brake at the same time as you're backing up and you're actually reversing a car so you're you're driving in reverse which so your brain has to flip everything into reverse uh, and it probably took you about 15 minutes to back out of your, your driveway or your garage. Um, you probably did it today and didn't even think twice about it. And so what's happened is after a period of about three months your, your brain is able to take a very complex task like backing out and really make it um, almost automatic. So you didn't even think about it. And so uh, I have a challenge for you um, I've tried multiple ways to organize my life over the years and get things done. And with the advent of social media, uh, because of what social media does to our brains, that makes it even more problematic. But I've found a technique um, over the years that actually, for me, has been very effective. And I'm, in a, I'm instituting this into my, my life. And I thought I'd ask you if you want to join a challenge with me over the next uh, three months or so. Um, pick up a pen or a pencil and a little notebook that's small enough to carry with you in your pocket or in your purse as you go throughout the day. Uh, what you're going to do is uh, write down your eight most critical tasks of that day. That's all you're going to do. Uh, you just write down those tasks throughout the day, and then your job throughout the day is to is to do complete those those eight tasks. Other things, if they're not if they're not critical that day, don't don't put them on that list. You can put them on another list if you want to to, to add to this later. But the, what you're going to do instead of carrying a, a a planner or your phone or your uh, uh, your uh, tablet, you're just going to take these eight critical tasks. You are going to write them on a piece of paper. The key is to write them down. And then once you've done one of them, you cross it off. Um, Don't use your phone. Don't use computer because this will be very distracting. Uh, What what we find is that writing things down throughout the day increases your capacity to generate ideas four times more than if you don't use pen and paper. Uh, That's actually been documented in the research. Uh, Pen and paper fire an area of the hippocampus in the brain Uh, dramatically more, uh, four times more than phones, computers, or tablets do. And what we find is that when a person's using a pen and paper over a period of 66 to 70 days, about a little over three months, uh, they actually see an increase in 13 to 15% more ability to retain memory. There was a Japanese professor, uh, Professor Sakai, a neuroscientist at the University of Tokyo that published a really fascinating study in the Frontiers in Behavioral Neuroscience, Contrary to popular belief that digital tools have actually increased our efficiency, um, he picked some volunteers who would use paper uh, to complete a note-taking task and found that they could do this 25% faster than those who use digital tablets or smartphones. Uh, Even though the volunteers wrote by hand with both pen and stylus in digital tablets, the researchers found that the paper notebooks contained actually more complex spatial information than digital paper. It's interesting because our brain can actually visualize and remember The digital um, or the spatial confirmation of a piece of paper and where we write things on it, whether we write it in the middle or on the side, and you can actually remember that. You've got this visual memory that's spatial. The challenge is that the brain is unable to remember when you have a piece of paper that has endless scrolling. It can't, it can't retain that and and place that in spatial confirmation in the memory of your brain. So, Doctor Sakai took 48 volunteers and he had them read fictional conversations between characters and then take notes on these conversations. And I also take notes on the schedules that these characters went through throughout the day in, the, in these um, uh, conversations in, the, in their day. And then he asked them to record the, uh, the, their count cal- these characters' calendars in their notebooks or their digital notebooks as if it were themselves. And he did this over a period of 14 different class period times. And then after the class period, the, uh, the volunteers were given all the time they needed to record the schedule, either on paper or a digital tablet using a stylus or a calendar app on their smartphone uh, with a touch screen keyboard. Uh, there was no time limit given to the volunteers and they were asked to record these events in the same way that they would normally record them as if they, if they were measuring their or if they were recording their own, their own schedules. Uh, but they were not given time to memorize the schedule, just to record it as if you, it's on your own calendar. And then they were given about an hour break and, uh, and then they were given a task that was designed specifically to distract them from thinking about the calendar that they just had recorded the hour before. And then volunteers uh, were were asked to answer a range of questions to test their memory of the schedules they wrote down. Now, while completing the test, the volunteers were put inside an an fMRI scanner, which is a fancy MRI that measures brain uh, blood flow to the brain and and the volume of blood flow to various aspects of the brain uh, in real time. Now, it took those using pen and paper 11 minutes to finish the test. Interesting enough, it took those using a tablet 14 minutes. And those using smartphones, it took them 16 minutes. The um, fMRI activation revealed significant differences in brain function in those using paper versus those using the digital device. Those using paper had notably more brain activity in areas of language, imaginary visualization, and in the hippocampal region of the brain, the area that's essential and important for memory and navigation. Activation of the hippocampus indicates that there is much more abundant spatial detail that can be recalled and navigated through in the mind's eye or in the abstraction. Dr. Sakai noted that this is also much more pronounced in younger children. So if you're giving your child um, a piece of paper and a pen to record their calendar, they're much more likely to to strengthen their memory and and improve their memory than if you're giving them a smartphone or tablet to put their calendar on. Um, makes Makes us wonder what we're doing to our kids in school. So when you write it down, it activates an area of the brain called the hippocampus and it strengthens the spatial memory and improves your recall by literally up to, 15, up to 15%. And then when you complete the task and you cross it off, you get this an additional dopamine surge that gives you endorphin, an endorphin high in the prefrontal cortex of the brain. Now, this signal comes from the middle of the brain um, in the, the thalamus and it branches into the prefrontal cortex with a dopamine surge that triggers this sensation of pleasure and reward. Now, it's interesting that the same dopamine chemical is triggered when uh, someone likes your Facebook post or shares it, but the response is actually different. And it's interesting that it turns out that this dopamine spikes in moments of high stress, like when a soldier who has PTSD and hears a gunfire, that instead of stimulating dopamine in the prefrontal cortex, that, the, that dopamine stimulus occurs um, in the area of um, a different area of the brain, Uh, that's called the insula, the the anterior aspect of the front part of the insula. And that part of the insula is interesting. Um, Those aren't really pleasurable moments when a a soldier who's got PTSD experiences it, uh, but it's the exact same hormone, dopamine stimulates it. A lot of people think dopamine is is the the pleasure hormone, but dopamine also plays a role in emotional stress and um, fear and panic response. So a team of folks at Vanderbilt mapped the brain the brains of two different individuals they mapped the brains of go getters and the, the, the brains of slackers, and they found out that the go getters had a spike of dopamine that occurred in the prefrontal cortex that occurred identically to when you check off the task that you wanted to complete on your on your piece of paper and it, then that, that dopamine stimulated both the motivation to finish and actually provided a reward when you finished it but among the slackers. Um, their dopamine, when they had a dopamine surge, it actually surged to the anterior insula. What we find is that when you, when you get a, a like or a heart on Facebook or someone shares your, your, your social media post, rather than getting a prefrontal cortex surge, you're getting a surge uh, to, to the insula as well uh, that actually stimulates emotion and the areas of risk perception. Um, it's fascinating because this suggests that more dopamine in the insula is associated with reduced desire to work uh, even when these these the people that were tested were given more money uh, because of the location where their brains were surging they were less motivated and less likely to want to earn money and were, were essentially slackers if that makes sense and it, that, and that's and that's a, a way that that's the way the brain is trained by the various types of activities that we're doing so when we're using computer systems and we're using um, phones and, and tablets, we're actually rewiring the brain to be um, more slacker than we are to be more motivated. So uh, that was and that study was done through with Vanderbilt uh, by Dr. S- uh, Treadway, Dr. Zald uh, in the Journal of Neurosciences in May of 2012. Now, what Dr. Sakai's research in Japan suggests is that you can actually bypass this slacker stimulus over time by going back to using pen and paper and writing down those six to eight critical tasks every day and then checking them off as you finish them. Um, so I have a challenge for you. so with me. Try it for the next 66 days. I'm going to know how you do and if you start using a notepad or a pen. Uh, so check it out, Pull, go pick up your notepad and your pen. I actually picked up some moleskin uh, journals and I'm going to start using those. They're, they're pocket size, or are small. I can stick them in my pocket with a pen. I can carry them with me everywhere. And basically that's, that's my planner for the day is I just write down what my tasks are that day and I cross them also off, off as I finish. Uh, and uh, we're going to see, I'm going to see how I do. I, in the past when I've done this, uh, with pieces of paper or small notepads. I've been very successful. Um, but I always felt guilty because everybody else had the fancy planners and I thought, oh my God, i got to be like everybody else. But when you realize that that's actually not helping you, that just a very simple task is what, what makes you function better, I would say uh, starting somewhere is better than starting nowhere. So let's jump in and do it. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. And uh, write down those answers and email them to me at um, questions at dartmuscles.com. And the first person to get the right, right, right answers will shoot you over a uh, t-shirt. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. If you have a question that you'd like discussed on DocTalk, I'd love to answer it. I cannot give individual advice or recommendations, but we can answer the question in an educational format and give you some tools to make educated decisions about your health. If you have a question, email it to questions at docmuscles.com. Again, that's questions at docmuscles.com. D-O-C-M-U-S-C-L-E-S dot com. If you are interested in more personal instruction and information on any of these topics discussed here, go to docmuscles.com forward slash membership to learn more and sign up to be a part of my health and coaching services. It only takes a couple of minutes to learn more about your health. Again, that's docmuscles.com forward slash membership.